This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. This hour, we'll talk some Jets, and of course, we'll take you around the league. We'll go to, you know, we'll head to the Bronx, and we'll also go ahead and head to Beartown, USA for an afternoon battle with the Mets and the Brewers, and we'll get you caught up on what's going on. I got to tell you this before we talk about the Jets. Good. I've been monitoring. I've been watching the uh, Padres and Cardinals because I'm watching Pujols go for, you know, try to get 700 in his career. And Bell's had a single and Bell's had a double and Soto's had a single. I don't see what the problem is. It looked good to me. <laughs> right. What, what's everybody talking about? These guys aren't doing tonight. the job. No, they look great tonight. <laughs> they got on base. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, so At some point, they got to snap out of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. They definitely will. They definitely will. No question about it. And they got a couple of weeks to do it. And, yeah. you know, because, you know, they're still fighting for that pen, that uh, wild card spot as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the Phillies won tonight, finally snapped their losing skid at five. So mm-hmm. they needed that. When they the did, Brewers so. win, they got to they gotta stay ahead of the Brewers. They're two and, right. two and a half in front of the Brewers. So I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's exciting. And, and here's the best part about the extra – here's the best part about the extra wild card spot. No game 163. I don't know. I kind of like game 163. Really? Oh, all riding on one game. Absolutely. And look, the Mets and Braves, at least the one thing. I know it's not, not what you want, but the fact that it's a good old-fashioned kind of pennant race, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a battle down to the wire, and, and there's a lot riding on it. It's not like there was a couple of years ago where, ah, we go in the wild card, we go in as the – as the uh, division winner, it doesn't really matter all that much. No, this year it absolutely matters. So all these other races are were over in June, basically. <laughs> That's true. You know, the Yankees, it looked like it was over in June, and then <laughs> and August hit. But the Dodgers <laughs> ran things, ran away with things. Mm-hmm. The Astros have run away with things. So yeah. it's good that there's an old-fashioned pennant race with the Mets and Braves. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind a three-game separation, four-game <laughs> separation, Gordon. <laughs> it's right, the one game that space, I don't like. Right, yeah, that one game is... A little frightening. It is. It is. Let's talk about the New York football Jets, shall we? Robert Sala had an update today, Wednesday, as they prepare for the Cincinnati Bengals at MetLife on Sunday. An update on Zach Wilson's progress. Yeah, he'll take another step up. It's not going to be much different, but he's still going to be in practice. And he's progressing very well. I like the way he's moving, but we'll ramp him up just a touch more, get to the reevaluation and and make decisions on how he needs to proceed from there. All right, Coach, is he still on track for week four? It's the earliest that we were given. He is progressing very well, and I don't want to talk for doctors, but it's the earliest, but we are confident that he's looking really good. So we'll see. All right, so that means that he still may not be available for week four, Gordon, because he keeps saying it's the earliest. And at least I think he consistent. learned his lesson. He he's learned consistent. his lesson after that one where yes. he said, well, maybe he might play week one. Oh, no, he's yeah. out till week four. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not. He's consistent. He is. It, yeah. Gordon, listen, I understand Jet fans. And and I'm uh, and I kind of just threw it out there just to get you know some thought process right when it first the injury first happened as to what happens if they happen to go on the little run with Flacco do you you know rush Zach Wilson back or do you kind of ride with the veteran and there were some people who said no I want to go with Zach I need to see what's happening there's others who said you know I think I want to ride with Flacco as far as I can and the reason why they say that Gordon very simply. That's Zach Wilson's fault. It's how bad he looked last year. It's the fact that they have no confidence and they feel that when he comes back, he's going to be maybe not much better than he was last year. 
So that, I believe, is their concern. But look, to be fair, you need to know. You need to see. You need to find out. I know many of you think you know, and you might be right. But you need to find out because even when he came back after the injury last year, Gordon, you could see there was some improvement in his game and in and in his, uh, you know, his efficiency and what he was and the problems he had earlier. He didn't have them as often when he came back. So I think you need to see. The Jets have to see what he looks like. And now that you have better players, Gordon, and and what Garrett Wilson has been able to do in a couple of weeks. You know, I, I, I kind of want to see what Zach Wilson, I kind of want to see what the Wilson to Wilson combination is going to look like. Of course. I mean, what do, what do we, have, have people lost their minds, Larry? He is the franchise quarterback because they had some miraculous win in Cleveland that they really, and this is no slight to the Jets, they had no business winning that game. The Browns blew that game. The Jets took advantage. Great, but that's not a a repeatable thing. And now because of that one miraculous finish, we're now going to say, hey, you know what? This Joe Flacco, let's keep riding it. What are you talking about? Joe Flacco didn't even play well in that game. He threw for 300 yards, 70 of which came because the wide receiver wasn't even covered. He just threw it to the guy, and then he got another 15 on the on the other touchdown pass. So like 100 of those 300 yards came when the, the Browns were, were, were sinking like a stone. I don't know what people are talking about. And here's the thing. You might be right. You might have Zach Wilson come back, and he looks exactly like he did at the start of, next, uh, of last year. Well, then at least you got your answer. Then you kind of know, okay, this guy is not the answer. I can tell you who's not the answer as well, Joe Flacco. I mean, what are we talking about, Larry? Oh, yeah, I got it. I know what you're saying. I mean, what are we talking – I mean, people are insane. <laughs> they're thirsty for wins. Right, but Joe Gordon, Flacco is not – Thirsty it, for it, wins. It, yeah, Joe Flacco is not the, uh, is not the pool of, of drinkable water. <laughs> And what they saw right from now. Zach Wilson, they don't think he is either. That, oh, and that that very well might be true, but you got to find that out. Finding that out is valuable. They think they know, but those are the same people that I'm sure they weren't singing Joe Flacco's praises a week ago either. And, uh, and they were one? right no. on Joe Flacco. No, not week one. No, not week one. Uh, they were not. And, you know, I, I had I forgot who called me and said it. If I did, I would give them the on-air credit. I forgot who it was, but somebody somebody called and said that had Zach Wilson played that game, um, they would have lost because he doesn't. The one thing about Flacco, because he doesn't move that well, he ran a little bit for his life, but he's predominantly a guy in the pocket. And I think the caller's point was because Wilson just loves those unscripted plays, Gordon, where, oh, let me take off. Let me see. Nobody's open. Oh, let me. He doesn't stay to see if somebody gets open. If they're not open, Gordon, he's taking off. And so I think the, the, the caller was saying they need a little bit more. Wilson needs to have a little bit more patience to stand in that pocket a little bit longer and hang in there because when you take off, the guy could have just opened up. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? He could have just made Absolutely. the move. Absolutely. There's there's questions about Zach Wilson. I'm not trying to portray it as anything different than that. He's got a lot of things to answer this year. This is a big year for him, and he got to get him back and get him healthy and all those things. I can tell you, though, the answer is not Joe Flacco. Yeah. 
Well, he's so not, if you're, he's not if, your long-term future. If, no if you're winning games with Joe Flacco, it's like, what's the point, man? Like, what what, what are we doing? Because we're, we're, if you're playing him, you're not finding out about Zach Wilson. And, and what you're saying is, is that one miraculous game against the Cleveland Browns, because nothing that happened with in that game was a reflection of, of Zach Wilson. It wasn't like Zach Wilson was playing in the game and you went to Flacco and he mm-hmm. came in and saved right. the day. Right. This is no reflection on Zach Wilson at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, people uh, talk about fair weather fans or, or anybody <laughs> uh, changing with the wind blowing, man. Wow. That is a, that is a real, uh, it's incredible. Is the guy your franchise quarterback or not? If, if that's all it's going to take for you to get off the fact that he is your franchise quarterback. Well then boy, oh boy, you, he's got, cause he's going to have other questions along the way. Mm-hmm. And if every one of those questions along the way, it's, he's not going to come back and be perfect. No. I can't get over that. There's anybody who seriously thinks, you know what? That performance on Sunday means we should stick with Joe. And it wasn't like Joe Flacco played a great game. Mm-hmm. He had a great two minutes. Mm-hmm. But now that's enough. That's all it takes for you to get off your 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 former second round or uh, second overall pick. Wow. That's, it was that's... a win in September, Gordon, that they haven't had Oof. in forever. I know I know people are thirsty, but that's that's dying of thirst. That's 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 you seeing a mirage. That's what that is. That's that's you in the desert and you think you see something that is not there. Joe Flacco is not the short term answer. He's not the long term answer. He's just the break class in case of emergency. Yes, that's and it. They had an emergency. And they had they an emergency, had and that's fine. Yep. But let's remember. Not, let's uh, like it, it's away. All all I can say is. These can't be the same people who thought Mike White should have started on Sunday. <laughs> These can't be the same people who are calling me now saying that Joe Flacco's the starter when they wanted Mike White to start I, Sunday. I'll tell you this right now, Larry. Those same people who are saying you should stick with Joe Flacco, if Joe Flacco goes out there and plays poorly mm-hmm. and Zach Wilson is not ready for week four, yeah. those same people who are saying Flacco right now, they'll be saying Mike White then. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. I think you got to get your young quarterback back on the field as soon as possible. And just think about it. Like, Zach Wilson's a young player, and confidence is such an important part. You think that if they say to Zach Wilson, well, you know what, Flacco played well. We're going to give you an extra week. You don't think that that damages his, his, his confidence a little bit where it's completely unwarranted? You've said the entire time when Zach Wilson's 100% healthy, he's going to be back in there. And and I think that that should still be the case. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I yep. just think it's crazy that we, again, if the game plays out like it does 999 times out of 1,000, this is not – you people would laugh you off the radio for having this conversation. But because of a miraculous win in the last two minutes of a game against the Cleveland Browns, who have been known to do this type of thing, anybody anywhere on planet Earth is, is rethinking this thing is – it's beyond me. Ronnie's in Brooklyn. Ronnie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, hey, Ronnie. Listen, hey, Dad. Listen, if Flacco goes on a five-game right, winning streak, do you say, oh, Flacco, you know, good job, this and that, but I got to take you out because we got to see what this kid got, right? Listen, this kid got to have it 
no matter what situation is there, right? But if this guy is winning, and, and I know this, this, you know, Flacco, he didn't play a terrific game. You know, he got the ball in the end zone, and this fan base needs wins. This kid got to have the goods, whether whatever scenario is there. I wouldn't take Flacco. If he's winning, he keeps winning until he shows me he loses. And once he loses, I'll put the kid in. Because the kid got to be hungry enough to understand, you know, this game at this level. You know, everybody can't make the transition. You know, the college kids say that the game is sped up. The game is faster. Yeah, we got to see that, right? But I'm not going to take Flacco if he goes, hypothetically, he goes on a five-game streak and say, I, I, still, I got to take you out because we got to see what this young kid got. Absolutely not. Flacco hasn't played well. No, Flacco no, made two nice throws. Not. But he got the ball in the end zone. He got to win. This fan base has to have something to so cheer that, about. So the, pl- the, the plan is this. The plan is this the whole time where we draft the quarterback, second overall, and then as soon as some little shiny object appears on the horizon in some miraculous win against the Cleveland Browns, we're going we're gonna to scrap the plan for the 37-year-old no, quarterback. The, the, but the young guy got to bring the goods either way, either way. Oh, of course. He, ha- he has goods. to play really well. Okay, Absolutely. Well, we, and, and I'll say this. If he, he can't he, play he better than Joe to. Flacco, well, then you already know you got a problem. But if he got hurt and you put Flacco in there, right, you know, you can't blame Flacco. That's why Flacco's the backup quarterback. So he, he, he has to stay ready. It's not to take away nothing from the young man. But when the young man gets that opportunity, because Flacco is not going to win five games in a row, come on. Right, but he has to be ready. We have to see what he got, and he has to be ready to show us what he got, right? Because there's there's been people that pick number two quarterbacks. The quarterbacks ain't pan out. We want to know if we pick that one or do we got a winner. But don't put that all on Flacco. Flacco's doing right what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be the backup quarterback. Kid got hurt. He got in there, gave us a win. Right? Well, Ronnie, it sounds like. Ronnie, thanks for the phone call. It sounds like you have two different discussions there. Now, on the second one, I hear what you're saying. If Flacco is supposed to play until Zach Wilson's ready to play. Okay, I got it. So, and see, Gordon, this is this is partly the Jets' fault that these that this is happening. Because you remember last year. Well, Zach Wilson, well, well, no, Mike White, well, Wilson, um, he could be ready. He could be back. And then once once White had the horror show against Buffalo, there's no question that Zach Wilson was ready to come back. So, see, this is partly their doing. And once again, as I told you, this is a scenario where the Jet fan wants wins. They haven't had a lot of wins, Gordon. I get that. And they're like, but, but I'll what, take what the wins. What does winning with Joe Flacco get you? Wins. Like, isn't, isn't that the most? For them, it's I get wins. it, but aren't those just empty wins? You're not going anywhere with Joe Flacco. And in the meantime... You've taken the the guy that you took with the second overall pick. Who has he even played sixteen games yet? No, no. right. Uh-uh. So I mean, what did he play last year? He missed four games, so he's played thirteen games. And you're already saying, you know what? We don't. He's not. He's not the guy. Because if you're playing Joe Flacco over him and he's healthy, you're saying that Zach Wilson's not the guy. Buddha's in the Bronx. Buddha, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hey, what's going on, guys? Listen, it was me that told you that on um, Sunday um, about, you know, Flack that um, Wilson wouldn't have seen certain things, but he wouldn't have stayed in the pocket long enough to see them. Mm -hmm. But listen, this is a real complex issue, and I done spoke to you all about this a thousand times. Now, personally, 
I would go with Wilson as soon as he's ready. And like I told you before, it's not really for me to prove that he's ready. It's more for me to prove that he's not because I I, I know most of the fans here do not watch college football. A lot of the announcers here that work in the station, they don't watch college football. I watch a lot of college football, and I, I, I knew that this was going to be a problem before he was picked, and I've, you know, eloquated that to, like, pretty much everybody on the station. But, like you said, uh, there's a couple of things at play about why this is going on. It wasn't that they said, oh, they didn't know uh, well, well, if he's healthy or not. The coach was asked a question on the Michael K show last year. If Mike White continues to play like this, is it a foregone conclusion that Zach Wilson is going to get back into starting roles? The coach's answer was, I'm not going to say to you, I'm going to promise you something that can't happen. That was number one. Number two, when you listen to the coach before the season started, they said about, they asked him, how's Zach Wilson doing? Well, you know, he's working towards being the player that we want him to be. That's number two. Number three is, Zach Wilson is suffering from the Sam Donald effect. Sam Donald was always, each year, was the, the, the media, you know, all the people around the team kept saying, you know, this is going to work out, this is going to work out. I had a big argument with Bob Wischusen where he told me, look, you're going to learn when Sam Donald goes to another team, he's going to be a star. I think we could debunk that. So now, in turn, Zach Wilson is not going to get the same amount of time and equity that Sam Donald got. But what really makes it difficult, and like I said, I don't agree with, like, if he's ready to play, you put him out there. I agree with you a thousand percent. Joe Flacco is not, you know, he's not the future of the team. You can't say Wilson is the future of the team either. But, you see, what happened is you got a bunch of players, not necessarily the rookie players who came in this year, but you got a bunch of players who've been on this team for maybe a year, two years. They've smelled nothing but unsuccess. So now they've got a little taste of success, and the coach has to balance that with the locker room. I mean, I know everybody has an idea that the coaching staff, you heard what he said, really basically about what the fans and the media think. You know, if they want to say that that wasn't about the media, that Northeast stuff and all that, and people being angry had nothing to do with no media. So he's letting you know he's got to do or say or whatever is what's best for the team. So in the long run, it's going to be hard for him not only to sell to the team that he's pulling the guy off the field just because basically that's what the management wants him to do or whatever, but also he's got to sell to the team is, I know some of you guys like Garrett Wilson and all these other people, you guys were developing better. And they said it in the, in the training camp. You know what Garrett Wilson said about catching the ball from Flacco. Mm-hmm. I yeah. understand you guys want to develop. I understand you want to get your 80 catches. I understand you want to get your 1,200 yards receiving. But this kid right here is more important than all of that. You got to be careful when you have a team. A team is not one person. So that's why you got all of this stuff. The wavering is not necessarily coming from the fans. This is a cumulative effect of everything that's taking place. And there's only one person who could actually fix this problem. And it is Zach Wilson. But the Mm -hmm. only way he can fix it is like I said to you guys, where he's painted himself into with injury after injury and not playing well is if he does now the way he has to perform, it can't just be adequate. It has to be above adequate. So, I mean, there's where your conundrum is. You're right, Buddha. It's, it, it's a tough situation. Thanks for the phone call. And the locker room is always an issue, Gordon. You know this, and nothing breaks up a team like a quarterback controversy. Absolutely. Nothing. 
Absolutely. And if the Jets had um, Jimmy Garoppolo, were a guy who had some success mm-hmm. recently, some success with your team, I would say, okay, fine. But if you're saying that you are getting rid, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to play Zach Wilson because Joe Flacco has been hot, that's really more of an indication of what you think about Zach Wilson. And to me, thinking that after 13 NFL games, uh, that <laughs> because then you, what you're saying is, all right, well, who were the decision makers that decided to go with Zach Wilson? who's been mm-hmm. so bad that after 13 games that we're thinking about, you know what, maybe this Joe Flacco guy should stay in there. That, that's Ooh. a really bad scene, man. Something for you to think about. <laughs> it really is. When we return, we'll keep you updated. There is a no-hitter alert, Gordon. Snell through six innings against St. Louis. No-hitter. No-no. We're watching Pujols. We may see other history there. Plus, We'll hear from Aaron Boone, and we'll take you out to Milwaukee and hear from Buck Showalter on an injury that could pose problems for the Mets. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer until Freddie and Fitz at the top of the hour. You know what happens now? This is where we take you to the ballpark to hear from the locals. We'll begin at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, where everybody was on hand to see if Aaron Judge could hit number 61 for the season. Um, didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really happen, Gordon. Not the way Still we a good night. Mind. I mean, Still two for four. Night. Raised yeah. his batting average. Absolutely. But not what people came for. Get these numbers. That last at bat, when he got the walk, people were hanging around to see what was going to happen. As soon as he got walked, it was like somebody picked up the stadium and shook it. The people were getting out of there so fast, Larry. (laughs) If you're in the parking lot, you were like, oh, man, I'm glad I left a little bit early. I didn't expect for Judge to come back up because I didn't think there were going to be seven runs in that inning. So I left early. Boy, that was a good move on your part. Gordon, check these numbers out. This is courtesy of my good friend Bob Nightingale on Twitter. Aaron Judge's 11 game hitting streak 500, 574, 955. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that, that'll play. That's pretty good. 15 runs, five doubles, five home runs, 10 ribbies, nine walks, three intentional walk, and one sacrifice fly. It's not bad. It's, listen, it, 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 it's it's a good time to have that when you're trying to get a new contract. <laughs> Those it's are pretty not, good numbers. It's not bad. Yeah, it comes in handy. <laughs> it really does. And also somebody who had a really good night, Glaber Torres. How about this? Not one but two home runs. Gordon in the same inning. Yeah. Unbelievable. He spoke with Meredith Morakovic on the offense passing the baton through everybody. We are really, really focused in, in, in each at bat, every pitch. I mean, we never give up, and we always want to do them. We show what we can do tonight. I mean, all the boys, we know what we got behind the everybody. So everybody take the pitch, try to do them. And, and if, if nobody can throw, we pass the baton, and, and we know the other guy do the job. So we do a really good job tonight, and, and we just try to, to keep continuing to do that. So, Glaber, have you ever hit two home runs in before in one inning? 
First time, first time. I mean, it was amazing. It was good. It's just special because, I mean, the situation we got right now is just just great. I mean, we play really good baseball, and I feel good because I do something for the team. So I'm just happy to to, to continue to, to do something for my team and, and try to, to do every night. How good was it to see Luis Severino back from IL? Really good. I mean, I I'm personally was excited to, to see Sevi back. I know what type of the guy is, and he always try to fight every day. And I mean, he showed really, really good command. The velocity was there. And so happy for him. I mean, everybody's coming back from the AEL, and, and I know we we, can, we we have all the guys healthy, and we, we can do really good, good damage later. Gordon, you had to be, I know the Yankees were ecstatic to see Severino not only come back, but to go six innings through effortlessly, uh, was ahead on a lot of hitters, had good command, only gave up a run. He pitched brilliantly for his first time back. Yeah, velocity was good. Control was good. Struck out six, one five. I mean, that's really all you can ask for first time back. So uh, he's got to get ramped up here. We got a couple of weeks to do it, and uh, you need him now with the Montas stuff. You definitely you, you needed him anyway, but certainly now you know that he is going to be making big postseason starts for you. That was always the hope that he would be healthy enough to do that, and he looked good tonight. Aaron Boone weighs in on the offense. Hey, Aaron, listen, this team struggled on offense so often over the past month or so. How good was it to see that eighth inning? Yeah, I mean, good to have those kind of at-bats and pour on. You never want to take anything for granted. You know, everything affects different things. So to have them continue to grind away at-bats, Glaber getting a starter with a with a homer and then finishing off there with a big homer was great. But, you know, I thought a lot of good at-bats all night put us in position to get some big hits and obviously Cabrera getting it started following some at-bats where they really made Contreras work. You know, Contreras, good-looking young pitcher. After that homer, he kind of settled in and was pretty tough on us. But, yeah, good to see everyone just making it difficult, uh, you know, even when you don't get a hit or, or don't get a result. And that ended up really working out for us in the end. Aaron Boone, you mentioned Oswald Cabrera's home run tonight. Talk about his contributions to the team since he's been called up. He's done it a little bit different. You know, he's gotten some clutch hits for us. You know, he's hit, hit the ball out of the ballpark a few times now. And, and I don't think you can say enough about how well he's transitioned to the outfield. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a really talented infielder that's that's playing in the corner right now in the outfield and really just handling it with a maturity and a, and a confidence that, that's been great to see. You know, Gordon, you've talked about this. We, I remember we were like, what's going on? Why don't the Yankees bring up some of these young kids to inject some life into this clubhouse, is struggling and everything? And that's what the Yankees have done in the past. They've always brought up somebody from their minor league team to, to inject some, some energy into the long season. Cabrera's been just what the doctor ordered. He's been great, uh, especially the defense was immediate, right? They're throwing him in all these different spots, all these different positions. He's excelled in every single one. And now the bat's starting to come around. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a, a gaping hole in left field, and it would feel like that that's an area where Cabrera can absolutely excel. And going into the postseason, you expect to see him there quite a bit. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Aaron Boone, what did you see from Luis Severino tonight? I thought he was great. I, I, I thought for as good as he's been this year, I thought it was the best fastball he had maybe all year, the consistency of it. I thought the life was there, the lane where he was, he was under control with it. You know, a lot of lefties, so mixed in his changeup a lot tonight. I thought he was really sharp. And, you know, the stuff was there, and he looked 
strong and healthy and but I, I thought he was really sharp which was encouraging and you know hoping to get three four innings out of him for him to get through the fifth there that was big um, but I thought he was really sharp yeah he was he looked good no question about it Glaber's two home run inning by the way Skipper you know something about that you've done that yourself what'd you think about when you saw Glaber start and end the inning with homers yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, one the other way and then exclamation point on it with a three-run homer to left. That that makes for a good week right there. So so pretty cool. And, and, and look, it's great to see Glaber obviously continue to play at like he's playing, have the kind of at-bats we've he's had lately. They've been instrumental in us kind of turning around over here this last couple weeks. He's been right in the middle of all that. All right, Gordon, you know what time it is. Answers with Aaron. Here's one for you, Gordon. All right. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Aaron Boone was asked whether Judge was intentionally walked in the final at bat. Does he think Judge was intentionally walked in the well, final at bat? You know, Aaron is generally a very positive guy, so I will say that he does not believe that, uh, what was the kid's name? Stout walked yeah. Judge intentionally. He'll say, you know, it's a, it was a tough spot to come into. He's trying not to be um, – he doesn't want to miss with a pitch with as hot as Judge has been. So he will not think that it was an intentional uh, – you know, an unintentional, intentional walk. Aaron Boone, was Judge walked intentionally in the final at bat? Look, I mean, that's a tricky spot. You're a lefty facing Judge in a game that's now lopsided. I mean, he's trying to execute and make pitch. You, you know, obviously, you're not in a situation where you're going to intentionally walk somebody or just, but it's competition. And he's got the most dangerous hitter in the box up there. That's probably not a great matchup. Like, you're not, you're not giving in, you know, you're competing. And he's got a job to do. You know, I don't like he's walking them on purpose, but he certainly isn't going to give in to them. Oh, you're so good at this, Gordon. I, I, I so get good. inside his mind, you know, <laughs> how he operates. He's not going to. Not gonna call out a, a young pitcher and say, "Yeah, he's, he's too afraid to throw him a strike." That's By the way, Aaron's Gordon, way. Aaron Judge faces Michael Walker tomorrow. Yeah, Judge 0 for 14 with nine strikeouts, the most at bats without wow. a hit against any pitcher Who would have in thought his career. That? Wow! You know what that means, Gordon? He's, he's hitting it first pitch, right? He's due. He's due. <laughs> I would say the way it's lined up. And, and just baseball being baseball, uh -huh. Friday on Apple TV just screams out as a real possibility. <laughs> it does. It does. It really does. It really does. All right, let's head to Milwaukee. That's where the Mets lost today, 6-0. They had the opportunity to pick up a game on Atlanta, who also lost to the Nationals. But in that game, Brandon Nimmo left the game early with a, looks like a hamstring pull. Buck Showalter has an update on Nemo. I think he was smart about it. You know, he felt it uh, sliding in the second a little bit and got out in center field and thought it would be okay. And then he took off after a couple of those balls in front of him and uh, smart move trying to get ahead of it. It's got left quad tightness. And we'll get some imaging tomorrow just to see what we're dealing with. But uh, always concerned. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that his caution there is something that will reap some benefits. Brandon, why did you pull yourself from the game? This one day is not worth what could be weeks if I was to end up doing something worse. And so at that point, I called them over and came out of the game because we felt like this could be just a few days kind of thing, you know, rather than a week, than weeks. So that was the biggest concern for me. I know if I can catch things early that I heal really fast. And so that was the decision that was made. 
By the way, Albert Pujols just broke up the no-no for Blake Snell. So he goes six and a third, but the Cardinals now have a runner on first base. So we're talking about history, Larry. That is history. Blake Snell is in the game in the seventh inning. That never happens. (laughs) Don't don't the Padres know? (laughs) And that's and the Rays are surprised too. That's why they let him go. Absolutely. Brandon Nemo, are you confident this won't be a long-term issue? I do feel confident in that. I feel confident that given that I'll get the rest of today and tomorrow and even most of Friday to recover, that from then on it should just be a day-to-day thing. It already is feeling a little bit better than when I first did it, so that's encouraging, and we'll go from there. But I, I, I am pretty confident in that. Now, Gordon, real quick, we talked earlier about Aaron Judge, what Buster only had to say about what's going to happen with negotiations and stuff. If you're a Met fan, when you heard Buster Olney on the K-Show today, you weren't very happy. Here's what he had to say about Jacob DeGrom. I think he'll wind up with another team. I, I My gut instinct is that, uh, you know, that there's a reason why, you know, he's made it very clear one stopped out of the deal. I think that he, he's going to be a lot like Roy Halladay when Halladay went from the Blue Jays to the Phillies, that his decision is based more on what his comfort level is versus getting every last nickel out of it. Gordon, that's hard for me to believe. I think I think he's going yeah. for the money. Yeah. And I don't think he'll get more money than here. Listen, I respect Buster. He talks to far more baseball of people course. than I do. But just my gut feeling is, Gordon, it's usually about the money. <laughs> and yeah. I don't see Atlanta paying him more money. I don't see who else is going to pay him more I money. I don't see anybody see, paying him more money, right? I don't know. That's a hard one. We'll, we'll, listen, I hope Buster's wrong. That's we will eventually have the answer, though. That's the beauty of it, right? Sometimes, right? sometimes in sports, we never get the answer to the questions we ask. But that's mm-hmm. one that we will definitely get the answer to at some point. No question about it.